The First Pick Podcast presents The Bullpen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the bullpen with the First Pick Podcast. Um, at the bullpen here, we like to talk about things outside of sports, or we try to find things or connection points to sports outside of the actual game, where we talk about who we are. You can find out more about me and Vinny Goombots. You're here with Kevin at BiggestBoss76. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. You can listen to the pod on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Apple iTunes, and Google Music. Here's my boy Vince. Where can they find you? Where can they find us on social media? Welcome in, First Pick Pod listeners, to the bullpen. It's been a long hiatus. Uh, we've been trying to figure out ways to uh, incorporate the bullpen into our episodes. We used to put them in each one, but now we're just going to be serving it to you the way y- you guys want. You don't want to listen to the bullpen. You just want to hear about fantasy and, and betting and you know just sports talk, then you leave this one out. But if you want to get a little bit more in depth about who we are and um, other things aside from sports. And just or, fun topics. Yeah. I think it's not always going to be serious. It's not always going to be no. fun and laughing. We hope that we mix it up. And a lot of our friends are married. You guys are starting to have kids now. You know what I'm saying? Where we're at in this point in life. So hopefully we can all find some connection points. And hopefully we can add that little twist to who we are as far as the first pick podcast goes. Go ahead, bro. Yeah. And um, today this one is actually going to be a little bit. It is geared towards sports. But more. Um, more on uh, relationships within sports. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's going to be other ones where we do just about being a father, or just about being a husband, or sometimes just shooting the, the junk, so to say. Right. Um, but I'm your boy, Vinny Goombots. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at V-I-N-N-Y-G-O-O-M-B-O-T-S. And you can find the First Pick Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at The First Pick Pod. Today's bullpen edition we're going to talk about the coach-player relationship. Um, if you are an athlete or a former athlete, um, I think we've all had a, a coach that we we kind of had more than just the coach-player relationship with, um, more like a friend, more like maybe if you were younger, a big brother, or more like a father figure um, for whatever particular sport that you played at that given time. Uh, a few nights ago, I was... Uh, scrolling through social media, just trying to grow our following. Um, I do that sometimes with our our um, First Pick Pod page, just doing some things, looking on there. And I came across um, LaShawn McCoy's account. And uh, for some of you that don't know, LaShawn McCoy is a running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. He started his career in Philly, uh, then played a few seasons in Buffalo, and now he's in Kansas City. He has reunited with his coach, Andy Reid. His coach, meaning the guy that drafted him in Philadelphia, for some that don't know. And I saw this picture of Shady LaShawn uh, McCoy jumping on Andy Reid's back um, with a. He, Shady was in the Bills uniform, and Coach Andy Reid was obviously coaching for the uh, Chiefs. And um, you could see Andy Reid kind of had that like surprised uh, smile on his face because he was on his back, but he knew who was on his back. You know what I mean? He knew, right. it was, he knew it was LaShawn. And um, it was cool, man. And it kind of just reminded me of my coach when I was younger. Um, I played football, basketball, uh, but football stopped for me at a younger age because I got hurt. I uh, broke my collarbone one year, and I was kind of like, I don't want to do this no more. And that was it. Hung up my cleats. You know what I mean? That was it. Uh, 
for basketball, I played uh, all four years of high school, and I tried out for a community college team, made the team, but just didn't continue with college. So my basketball career ended there. But um, I did play all four years of high school, and um, it just reminded me of my relationship with my coach. Uh, I had two coaches in high school basketball. Um, my freshman and sophomore year, I had one. And my junior and senior year, we had another one. And uh, both of the coaches I had such a good relationship with, they were actually, ironically, both math teachers. And I had them both all four years, if that makes any sense. Right. Uh, and uh, I advise anyone out there, uh, if there's a younger listener, um, to not do that. Don't have your coach as one of your teachers because it's not fun. Um, <laughs> Because if you fail a test, if you don't do good on a test, if you don't do your homework, you hear about it all day. You hear about it in class, and then you hear about it at practice. And I remember one time I failed the test, and my coach made me run extra suicides for it. <laughs> Not only did I fail a test, get ridiculed for failing the test, but then I had to run more at practice. So um, that wasn't fun. And I'm going to make sure that when Vinny Boy grows up, uh, I'll, I'll uh, kind of steer him the right way. So he let me just add, I'm about Please. to blow one of my coaches up. I'm going to tell you how great of a man he was uh, after before I tell you this. I did have Coach Burke. He was my health teacher because he was also the gym teacher. Okay. Also, also my offensive line coach. And when we had health class, this dude, he would bring in and we had to watch a movie. He mm-hmm. would bring in two TVs, one a film for me to watch oh. <laughs> on the TV. And the other one was the actual oh, yeah. health movie. I'm like this is probably not what we're supposed no, to be doing. No. <laughs> so he's like, "Did you just see that?" Like we were in there looking at film on the television. You know how the big old racks come oh, in with yes. the old TVs. He would bring it in TV, and we'd be watching film during the I love it, man. It's so funny because you brought that up because that was one of the only positives that I had to you know having both coaches as my teachers. Um, the first one, my freshman and sophomore year. Uh, shout out to any listeners that that might know the guy. Um, uh, that uh, that played on my basketball team with me, but his name was uh, Bill Callahan, Coach Callahan. And he was there my freshman, sophomore year. And I remember he used to say my name very distinctly, uh, call me by my last name. And, and um, some of my friends on the team, they used to mimic him all the time just because of the way he used to say it. Uh, my last name is pronounced Conti, but the way he used to say it, and a few people always be like, Conte. Right. Like, that's how he used to call me all the time, practice, all this stuff like that. And I remember when i went into his class and 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 you know he was a new coach there my freshman year it was his first year at the school he had came from a different school um that was very successful at basketball and uh at the time i didn't know he was the basketball coach but long story short once he once i found out he was a basketball coach and he found out i was trying out for the team he moved my seat in class do you know where i sat right next to his desk right <laughs> and fast forward to the middle of the season he would just, he, to me, he was the worst teacher in the world because in math, he would just explain a few problems. He did the same thing every day. He would have a few problems <laughs> on the board. He would have one or two uh, students come up and finish a few of the problems, go over a review, and then assign book work the rest of the day. You know what he was doing during that time? Going over place. Watch a film. Yeah, going over place. <laughs> so I used to be sitting there. He would tell me, okay, do, he would tell the class, do pages, you know, 38 through 42. So I'd start doing my work, and I'd be sitting right next to him, and he'd be like, Conte, come over here, check out this play. What do you think about this tonight? And, you know, in basketball, we have scouting reports. We're playing, like, you know, schools, and we're talking about their best player and how we're going to stop him and what plays we're going to run. And then next thing you know, class is over with. I didn't do none of my work. And then the next day in class, I had homework 
to do, plus the work I didn't do in class because he's talking to me about the plays all day. Now, I'm a kid. I'm thinking, this is cool. Like, I don't need to do my work. And then he'll be like, so where's your work from yesterday? I'd be like, yo, coach, when was I supposed to do that? Right. I had, you know, we got done talking, and then it was practice, and then I went home, and I probably played video games or something like that, thinking I got a pass. <laughs> and the right. next day I come to class, and he's riding me because I didn't do the classwork. Right. Oh, man. But let, uh, were you finished? I'm sorry. I didn't want to cut you off. I mean, I am with that. I, I have more. You know, I want. I don't want to do me for 20 minutes and then you, but you bring it in and we'll, we'll go back we'll and forth. Back with it, I, I didn't mean to cut you off that way. I, I thought you were. So. I was done with that. Uh, I'm about story. to make it a little more serious, though. So I'm sorry to, to go, nah, go serious on I, you guys. I, I, you go serious. I got serious one, too. That's, okay. that's what I want to go with. So go ahead. So I, uh, in 2001, I missed two days of football practice my whole career. It okay. was 9 11. School was canceled that day when we all found out. And the day I found out, my mother had cancer. My mother had cancer since 1995. And we didn't find out till 2001 because she went into remission. And she thought there was no need. And they thought, her and my father thought there was no need to put extra pressure on us as kids. So after I had found out that day, I was very serious. Well, it had gotten more serious, more serious, more life-threatening. And my mom spent all of her time in New York City. She was in the hospital. My father had to be there. He had to work plus be there. My grandmother. So... You know, we were home a lot. I actually had to live with a friend for a whole year. I lived with Chris LaRocca, Judy LaRocca. Uh, I will never be able to repay them what for what they did for us, uh, uh, did for us in those first few years. Mm-hmm. But also during football season, Chuck Daly, head coach from East Stroudsburg North, know Coach Daly, he's yeah. now, he's still the he's still the uh, uh, director there as far okay. as sports is concerned. And then Coach Burke, every day they would rotate. They would drive 45 minutes out of their way to pick me up for school, uh, for practice every day really? if Jesse Haskell could not do it. Now, Jesse Haskell was our – he lived very close to me at the time. So, Jesse would pick me up and bring me to uh, uh, to practice. But there was times where he couldn't or – and I was always on time. I never and, – and at that age, I already understood the importance of what they were doing. I knew they, had, they would have to come all the way from where they live up to 09, go all the way up into Winona Lakes, up to S-Turn, in the corner to come grab me every day. I was – I walk out. I was ready with my bag because the importance. They did that every day. I will never. I don't want to cry on the pod. No, but I got you. It, the, it, the importance of them doing that. Now, I think it also mattered. I was a good player. I think that also matters. But on top of that, they were wonderful to me. They had bags under their eyes. They stayed out. Whatever they were doing, I always noticed it. I was in the back seat. I found out, you know, uh, uh, Coach Daly listened to R. Kelly. We would listen to R. Kelly albums on the way up. I was like, oh, wow. I didn't know you were into R&B like that. Yeah. So that's that's basically my coach story that that set the standard for me that it was a community that built me up. They are integral to my success because they were willing to sacrifice their time for me and come get me almost an hour out of their way just to get me to practice every day because they knew my father couldn't be there. You know, that that is the that is the essence of the high school coach of, of, of the guy of the guys who understand that. And I will be forever grateful to those guys for what they did for me for that time in my life man and that's the kind of stuff that we wanted to touch on here for the listeners because i think uh i don't want to insinuate that if you watch sports if you watch basketball baseball football nfl uh, college whatever that you were an athlete at one point in your life i'm not going to make that insinuation but there is a correlation 
If you're a sports fan, for the most part, you were involved in something or you are actively involved in something, whether it's just like a rec league or, you know, you just play pickup ball on Tuesday nights with, with some buddies or you play in a softball league in the summertime, whatever it is. It's fun to compete, yeah. man, and be I, a part of it. I think there is some correlation that if you're a fan of something, you played something before or you currently still do. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, I... I I think about the listeners, and um, I'm just, I don't want to get off tangent, but almost everyone that I know personally that I put onto the pod that listens through my uh, my friendship, mm-hmm. they played some kind of sports at some point in their right, life. Right, right. Or still do. You know, there's a, I played in a basketball league. Um, shout out to my boy Kenny. He, he's a new listener of the show, and I appreciate the listen. Um, he put me on a basketball team uh, that, that we are a part of. Um, it's a league that's ran through the winter time and um it's legit man referees i think i told you about it referees jerseys all that right. they keep stats and everything it was crazy right um, i couldn't believe that they actually do all so you pay you know you got to pay money for the league and all like that so we still do co- play competitively in certain things so uh i think for anybody that ever played a sport they might have a coach that they had a relationship with the picture of shady and andy reed kind of reminded me of the ones that i had with my coaches uh I, uh, I I also had coaches when I was younger playing hockey. I played hockey when I grew up in Long Island. Um, and I, I don't have very uh, fond memories of them because I was young and, you know, it's a little cloudy and stuff like that. The most recent is, is you know, my high school basketball coaches. And I had two. And then my um, sophomore, excuse me, my junior and senior year, uh, we had a different coach. And that's kind of the guy more I wanted to talk about because we have some funny stuff and then we have something like you have where you kind of realize that there is a difference between being a coach, being a human being, and then finding that line like you just said. These coaches went out their way to pick you up every day. And when we know, now that we know that we're grown men, we know how much they were getting paid. Right. And it wasn't a lot of money. No. Especially back 10, 15 years ago. Right. It's probably a lot less than it is today. Right. Um. And that's only due to inflation. So if they're getting paid more today, it's not because, you know, uh, they deserve more, which they do. Right. It's only because everything else is going up. You know right. what I'm saying? I mean, right. think about 10 years ago, what was minimum wage and what it is today. Right. You guys get the point. Um, so my senior, my junior year of high school, we got a new coach. Uh, the coach that I had mentioned previously, uh, Coach Bill Callahan for basketball, he went on to a different school because he got a better job. He became a principal at another school. So obviously making more money, he left his school. We got a new coach in. Um, this guy came from Pittsburgh. His name was his his name was Coach Rob Stoffer. Uh, again, shout out to anybody that um, played on my basketball team with me uh, that's listening to the pod. They know Coach Stoffer well. He was a young guy. I think I'm pretty sure he's around my age now, uh, coaching high school kids, which was awesome. Coach Callahan was an older dude, probably in his late 50s early 60s and so was the whole coaching staff they had another guy um coach reese um his son played on the team kevin reese and other other son bobby was a little bit older and then uh i think his name was coach joe gubernat was his name um he wound up going up to the north school to coach there as well okay but that was the coaching staff when bill callahan was there all older guys little bit seasoned gray hair kind of um, different kind of, of tune in the locker room and in practice. Then my my junior year, Coach Stoffer comes in with a young crew. All guys, I think I would even say late twenties, early thirties. Okay. The whole crew, J V and and uh freshmen. Right. And it was just 
it felt like the coach was a player of the team. So much so, Kev, when we would practice, the coaches would play. I, I, I don't I don't mind that. If you, no, as long I, as you could coach and do it, I like that. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, Callahan used to play with us, but he was terrible because he was old and, <laughs> you know, he would just run. He was past his day. Yes, he would just run. Stoffer and his crew, there was th- two different other coaches. It was Coach Stoffer, Coach Mullaney, and Coach Bennett. Those guys could play, and I mean, and they were good. And Coach Stoffer was a big man, which was great because he used to be able to fine tune the big men. Whereas though Coach Mullaney and Coach Bennett were guards, and uh, it worked well for the whole team. We actually had our most success my junior year. We made it to districts, won our first district district game, and then we got waxed by one of those Lehigh Valley teams because they just have they got the talent, long talent arms, there. right? <laughs> that's, uh, speaking of that, that's why Vinny Boy's going to go to school out there when he gets older. Okay. But anyway, um. Coach Stoffer was awesome, man. He was a young guy. And uh, thinking of, um, before I get to the more serious note and why I wanted to discuss this topic, was uh, I'll give you one more quick funny one. We had a summer league that we played out in Pittsburgh. Coach Stoffer was from Pittsburgh. And um, at that time, you know, juniors and seniors, we had just got, some people just had their license. So it was actually only two cars drove out there. We only had like eight or nine guys that were able to play. And uh, one of the team, one of my teammates borrowed his mother's minivan packed that car up with guys and i remember before we left everybody was begging to get in the minivan because the other person that was driving was coach stoffer and nobody wanted to ride with coach stoffer (laughs) for five hours (laughs) to pittsburgh so it actually wound up we wound up doing like drawing straws or rock paper scissors or whatever it was actually you know what i know exactly what we did we shot three pointers for it it makes sense and, of course, I stunk, so I had to ride with Coach Stoffer for five hours. <laughs> now, the ride there wasn't that bad, okay? It wasn't that bad. Um, I tried to sleep. Every time I tried to sleep, he would just keep talking. It was me and one other player. I wasn't just alone. Right. And then on the way back, it was a nightmare because we got worked in this in this summer league. Oh, see, we got I smoked. <laughs> like, we were getting beat. We were playing these teams from Maryland. They were smoking us for five hours, Kev. I heard about how bad we did. And I tried to sleep. And this was before, like, cell phones. There's nothing for me to do in this car. <laughs> nothing. This guy didn't listen to the radio. He did nothing. And he was, like I said, he's our age now. Right. Like, I wish it was today because we could, like, maybe talk fantasy football or something. There was nothing but how bad we did for five and a half hours. Right. And on the way back, I was by myself in the car. <laughs> it was nobody else, man. I took one for the team. That's like the... uh that is the quintessential meaning of taking one for the team. Right. So, but anyway, uh, that was where that, those are my fun, my funny stories about Stoffer. But the more serious one is very similar to what what you said, and and the coaches that go out of their way, man, for things like this. And I remember one time, man, um, he actually lived only down the road from the school, and I remember one time we had a game. I don't remember what happened, man, but I think my mother was out of town. Um, she used to leave for the weekend sometimes when I was younger like Friday nights and leave for New York for the weekend. When I was a kid, that was great. You know what I mean? House to myself and stuff like that. But it was a Friday night and um, I remember we had a game and the game got delayed for some reason or it was like a um, a, re- uh, a reschedule for like a snow date, something like that. I can't really remember why I was at my coach's house, but it was just me there and we were waiting for the game. I couldn't go home for some reason. Can't remember why, but um and I was in his house, man, and uh, he ordered pizza for me. He fed me, you know what I mean, and took me to the game. After the game, took me home. And, you know, 
it was kind of like a bonding moment there and, and showing how like this guy went out of his way. We know that they don't make a lot of money. When you're a kid, you don't know that. Right. You know, you think money grows on trees. And um, that's something like you said, like you're forever grateful for your coach, man. Me and that guy wound up having like a relationship, given that five hour, 10 hours in a car together, then, then having this you know, um, dinner together where we ate pizza and watched, we were watching ESPN before a game and then him taking me home after the game. This was a game where um, most, you know, most away games, you ride the bus. Right. Uh, This game, for some reason, we didn't, there was no bus because it was like a makeup game or something. Um, One of those weird days, like during Christmas break with the snow. So I had to drive with him to and from the game and he had to take me home. And um, it's just something where, uh, if I ever saw the guy again, I know that the relationship would still be there. Right. And um, it just brought back the memories when I saw Shady jumping on uh, Coach Andy Reid's back, man. And, and just to add to you, you please. You, you remember when Jay Gruden, he just got fired last week. Did you yeah. see Chris Chris Thompson I talk did. about him? I did. That was Chris crazy. Thompson, he was like, he was, he was crying. Yo, he was balling yeah. on TV. He's like, this man believed in me. He's like, he gave me a chance to get my dream, to get millions of dollars to be a part of his offense. He believed that I could be that. And Jay Gruden's, uh, uh, Jay Gruden's input was correct. Mm-hmm. He's like, he was, he's one of the best pass catching running backs in the league. And because of this, whether he stays with this team or not, there's no way another team does not pick up Chris Thompson as their third down, uh, running back coach. And he was in tears. So all the way from down to being a peewee into high school to what I told you about how the coach sacrificed for me, sacrificed their time. Time, gas and money like all like you know just they like going back and thinking about i could see their faces and how tired they were because they had to get up early to go an extra hour out of their way yeah you know so and then chris thompson is you know and he's he's guy making a million dollars still has tears because he knows the coach believed he he read it he knew it and he had it and he gave him a chance and he did he wanted to make sure he paid it back paid it forward and he did so there, there's something so important about those they say it takes a village coaches are part of that village yes. especially when you play on teams they should the playing on a team is so important i don't care what when my son is born he will be on a team. I don't care if it's a debate swim club, team, swim team, whatever. Yeah. Wh- whatever. He will be a part of a club, and he will have to be dependent on, and he's going to have to depend on others, and I need him to have that, and I hope he has the proper leader and the leaders that I had, which I will, like, and, and for you, which I will never forget. It's phenomenal. Yeah, man, and, and that's kind of something we wanted to do here with, with, with this bullpen is, um, you know, I, again, I, I can't make the assumption that everyone that listens played some kind of sport, but um, maybe you on some kind of team, whether it's the debate team, the right. chess team, a squad whatever. where you you had to be prepared and ready, and your team was looking for you to uh, to uh, to provide for to for a W in whatever area it is, academics or sports. And and you know, it's something we don't learn um, at the moment, but it sinks in, and it's more like the coach thing, you know, because it it kind of reflects what leadership is, you know, and 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 you have that coach. Um, when you when you're younger and you know that, that those coaches I'll never forget them now so I'll tell you right now Stoffer was more of a player's coach than Callahan was and I remember Stoffer forever because um, of the relationship we formed together outside of the basketball court right. whereas though Callahan we you know we it was more just you know coach player thing not like you know, friendship or anything like that. I feel like today, uh, Stoffer and I could sit down and have dinner together and have a great time. Whereas O'Callaghan and I just kind of shake hands, say how you doing, and keep it moving, kind of right. thing. Not that I don't like the guy, just just a different level. And I've had coaches before that I could not care for, and those guys they don't last. I think you know if you don't have that uh, chromosome in you, 
to just turn off the switch of being a coach and being a human being, understand that you're growing, helping a young adolescent grow or a college, a collegiate student. Or, you know, I always wonder what these coaches in the NFL uh, or the NBA or NHL, because they're dealing with a whole different, you know, person. You're dealing with a grown man, you know, somebody that's a millionaire, like, uh, you know. And quite often coming from a rough background where yes. they may, may not have had those things. Think about it. The NFL traffics in, they, they go into the hardest, roughest places on the planet to find these young men because they need the hardest and toughest people to, to get through a year of football. Yeah. You know what it takes to get on the football field? So I, I, I say it so many times on our pods, Vince. I don't think people understand what these men go through. They get paid that because, for what they're doing in February, March, April. Not mm-hmm. everybody has that mindset. And they they go to the roughest places to get the roughest and toughest to to last and, and get those guys the millions of dollars that they deserve to put in the work that they do, man. And Kevin has more background on um, you know football and playing football football and the the how hard it is to make you know the team because he played four years in high school played a little bit in college and then I got the other side there it's kind of funny how it worked out because uh you know now you're really into the NBA and I kind of go really more into football right we're both into football but I played basketball four years in high school and I played a little bit in college myself as well uh you know it just shows how well-rounded each of us are and like Kevin has insight on football I'll tell you you know what Kev you said it's it's you know they they go into these tough places to get you know these NFL players uh you know it's the same with NBA it's the same with baseball baseball they got some of these guys coming from the poorest countries you know there's dudes that they I've seen guys playing baseball with sticks you know what I mean let me tell you this right now no cleats just barefoot. Let me hop in on Please. this because Tim Kirchin was talking the other day. He's like he was talking about the juxtaposition between the white American player versus the Cuban player and why they get excited. He's like Tim Kirchin was like he's like one of the players and I forget the player. He's a prominent player. You would know him, but that's not the point. He's like he was playing in Cuba with men with guns all the way around. And there would be gunfights after the game. He's like, so when he comes to America and he hits a home run and he's playing in front of 70,000 people and he hits a 400-foot home run. Yasiel Puig? It was not Puig. Okay. It was I just not know he's big. Cuban, so I thought right, yeah, right. So and he was like, they, they, he's like, I'm talking about AK-47s. He's like, like, so when they, they are excited because they just hit a home run. There's no threat. There's no guns. There's no drug cartel around these young men playing actual games. So he's like, I just wanted to add to that that they come from places where they have a perspective. When they come to America, yeah, I'm excited. I'm gonna flip my damn bat because there's not a drug cartel leader yeah. sitting with an AK-47 in the crowd. Yeah, man. <laughs> And that's a good, it's good insight because, uh, you know, there's some things that we don't think about here in this country, you know, and if anybody does, you know, play baseball or, or continues to play, like those are things that, you know, we just don't see, you know, and when Kevin mentioned about how hard it is to, to get on the football field, you know, I, I always tell people, man, and I heard it once when I was a kid and I never forget, man, I was playing basketball in Long Island one time. I must've been about 13 because I was, I had just moved up here only a couple of years and I was back. I used to go back to New York all the time because I, I used to kind of pretend like I hated Pennsylvania. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, I'm a New Yorker. I got to go back to New York and hang out. I was there for the summertime playing ball. And uh, the one guy, was older dude, he said, oh, you're pretty good, man. You know, you play play well. How old are you? I said, I'm 13. And he said, oh, you're too old. And I said, excuse me? So you're too old. Too old to make it. Right. I was 13 and I, and <laughs> I was too old to right. make it. And that's the thing with, with basketball, man. You have to be like some kind of prodigy or some kind of phenom in basketball because you got 12 roster spots 12 guys that suit up on an nba team only 15 
on the roster. And those other three guys, they don't even suit up. There's only 400 NBA players. That's it. 400 and only 3,000 NFL players in that. when you have 53-man rosters. 3,000. So between those two sports, there is only 3,500 people, maybe 4,000, maybe a little over, that can do those jobs. Put that in your brain. 4,000. There's 350 million of us in this country, and 4,000 of them can play in two of our major sports. It's crazy. You, you, like, yeah. look at that statistically, brother. It's hard. It's yeah. real hard. <laughs> and uh, you know, just we, um, aside from the the you know the, the the actual sports and how hard it is to play, you know, I, I just something we haven't done a bullpen in a while, so we wanted to kind of bring it back, uh, kind of related to sports. We're gonna have these things where they relate to sports, and sometimes they're not. This one is just kind of to get you guys. Um, maybe you have a memory of one of your coaches, and this episode could kind of bring back those good memories. And if you got bad ones, maybe uh, they kind of remind you of of what not to do and uh maybe you could you know coach one of your children's teams or your nephew's teams or something like that and know what not to do uh sure. when coaching i would love to do that one day um you know coach one of any boys teams that poor kid would be in trouble though because he'd be i'd be riding him man uh, <laughs> but again get back on topic here this was mainly to maybe get you guys thinking about uh you know your your fond memories of, of your coach whatever sport that might have been it could have been your golf instructor you know pitching coach Offensive line coach like Kev, basketball coach, whatever, uh, whatever sport you played. And if you didn't, maybe just learn a little bit about us and maybe a little bit more about what we do besides talk betting, fantasy, and just a general sh- fantasy talk and sports talk. <laughs> get to know, uh, you know, a little bit more. Um, I don't know, Kev, that's, that's really all I wanted to address, really just talk about that. I saw that picture and it kind of made me think of uh, – Coach Stoffer, because I, you know, I used to chest bump with him after I, you know, uh, banged a three or something like that, and, and we had that relationship, so it was cool. Um, That's all I got too, man. I'm good to go. I don't have anything else to add. Well, you know what? Last thing, you know what else we did every Thursday? They would come out with us to eat before Friday cool. games. So we go. Out, if you don't know Muller's Diner on 209, we're up here in the Poconos in Pennsylvania, wherever you're listening, and we always go to Muller's Diner. They would give us the back room. We would take over, and we would just buy so much food. Our coaches would pay for kids who knew who could who didn't have enough money. I will like they they made sure it was done. They took care of us, and we didn't win a lot. We had a great talent. We had all stars. We've had all state all state players on our teams, but we never won a lot. But they really took care of us, man. It was great. Uh, I, I'll just end with that like we would always eat dinner we would always have fun we would break bread together i'll never forget it yeah that's awesome um again we hope you guys like this bullpen edition i hope we brought up some some good memories of you and your coaches or uh if not you know like i said you just kind of got a little bit more insight on who kevin and i are and and what kind of sports we played and the relationships that we formed with uh our former coaches again this is your boy Vinny goombats you're tuning into uh, the bullpen of the first pick pod um, in the bullpen we discuss things outside of the norm in our normal episodes sometimes we talk things sports related sometimes it's about fatherhood being a husband being a best friend just being a man in general um, again I'm your boy Vinny Goombots you can find me on Twitter Instagram at V-I-N-N-Y-G-O-O-M-B-O-T-S you can find the first pick pod on Twitter Instagram and Facebook at the first pick pod Kev's the closer. He's going to take us out. Tell us where to find you and where to listen to the pod. At BiggestBoss76 on Twitter and Instagram. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Apple iTunes, and Google Music. We hope you enjoyed. 
give us some feedback. Please rate, review, share anywhere you can. You guys are obviously listening. We check the stats. We appreciate it. Have a good day.